Hey, welcome to another Vision for the Valley podcast. I'm your host, Joe Velarde, and we are so excited to have you join us today. I want to encourage you, if you have not been following along, to jump on our website, visionforthevalley.com, or listen to further episodes, archive episodes over these last couple of seasons. And one of those people who have deeply impacted me and influenced me as we have talked about having a vision for the valley, highlighting the people and the places of the valley, which is the goal of this, is my friend Zihad Harari. And I was practicing his name. I just know him as Z. And Z is the owner of True Blue Mediterranean. And I am a raving fan of True Blue and a raving fan of Z. He has been a friend for many, many years. And we've been able to journey together. And every time I have a chance to go to True Blue, I'm there. When someone says, hey, where do you want to meet? I'm saying, let's go to True Blue. Uh, If they're like, hey, I'm new to the area. I don't know where to go for food. I'm saying True Blue is a great option for you. Uh, Great, great food. And so we are so excited to have Z with us today. So Z, tell us a little bit about yourself and about what it is you do with, with True Blue. Okay, I will start by saying that uh, I, I thank you so much for having me on this, uh, this podcast or interview that uh, you took the time to, to, to spend with me. And I really, really appreciate uh, what you're doing, Joe. Thank you so much for, your, you know, for being such a good friend for so many years now and been there uh, with me and for me um, throughout the years that I've known you. Mm. Uh, I, opened, uh, I opened up uh, True Blue back in 2009 is when, when I opened up True Blue. And uh, what led me to that is that um, I was employed uh, by a company named Circuit City. Not many young teenagers probably know it today, but somebody who's probably at least 25, 30 or more years old uh, probably remember Circuit City. It's a competitor to Best Buy. Uh, I worked for them for 19 years. Uh, they, uh, 2009, they went out of business. I was not left with too many choices of, uh, of you know, starting all over again, uh, you know, in a warehouse or a distribution center or, uh, or any, you know, hard labor kind of work. So what I ended up doing, I uh, decided to take the, uh, the chance to open up uh, True Blue, which was uh, originally a coffee shop back in 2009. It was just a strictly coffee shop. And what I did is I added uh, the Mediterranean the Mediterranean uh, dishes to, to the existing coffee shop. That's still a coffee shop, but uh, our most focus now is more of the Mediterranean food. And, you know, and, and the coffee shop is just like a novelty backup. That's all that is. Yeah. So I was curious, uh, Circuit City, um, again, very similar to Best Buy. What were you doing at Circuit City? What was your, your job there? I would, I was doing home deliveries and installation of home theater and appliances. Yeah. I, I used to drive a, a straight truck for them, you know, oh, CDL wow. class B vehicle for them. So it was pretty, I mean, it was a pretty bold decision to really move from that kind of work. And I, I know I heard you say you didn't have a lot of options, but again, you took an option that is, <laughs> is pretty risky. I it, would, was, I mean, it was a really scary option. It was at a really tough time. Yeah. But uh, thank God I had the, you know, the correct people around me at that time to encourage me and uh, let me know that I'm able to do this if I really put my passion and heart into it as I do with everything else that I, I have done, 
whether it's at home or whether it's at, at work or whether it's at a car or, or whatever it is, if I would put the same passion and heart into this business that I would be able to, to make it. And uh, thank God I took on that risk. And it was, it was a really risky uh, thing to do. Uh, there was a lot of struggle in the beginning. I had no knowledge or not much knowledge about the kitchen at all, except for a home kitchen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, it just took off from there. Thank God. So what were, I mean, I, I think this is so good. And cause you, if you don't know, uh, 2009, 2008 area, I just want to give a refresher historically for those listening. This is right when the recession was going on. Correct. And That's exactly why it was hit. so even so much more riskier is because it was a recession time. Yeah. yeah. And so it was hard on businesses like circuit city, whose model was already struggling a bit in, you know, there's been a whole story about Best Buy as well, who's had their own share of struggles. They're starting to kind of uh, move move towards a, a new realm as, as a new leadership there. And I think the other part of that, which is really important not to miss, is I think it takes courage to discern uh, what's next. Because it's easy to stay with what you know, what's comfortable. Uh, but for, for Z, just because just I know you, you know, I think part of this was, uh, really being able to say, hey, I'm going to not only take a bold step, but I'm going to listen to people who are trusted advisors. Because at this point, I mean, you know a bit about business just because of Circuit City and, you know, all these types of things. But, it, you know, it's one thing to like work for a company. It's another thing to be be the company. <laughs> be the company, yes. You know, yeah. and, and to... It's, it's a big difference almost day and night. Yeah. And so some of those early challenges, what were some of the early challenges that you guys faced at True Blue? The early challenges? Well, recession was the biggest one yeah. at, at that time. Um, uh, not knowing exactly the spices that I needed. I needed. I, I knew the spices, but I didn't know exactly what spices I needed to, mm-hmm. to add that flavor um, to the food that we sell. So, you know, there was many trials I've, mm-hmm. I've tried and tried it again with multiple ideas and multiple spices and multiple thoughts and many days and nights and sleepless days and nights um, until I, you know, perfected the, perfected the formula that, that was needed for success. And uh, what I did is I added uh, a sauce, which is our signature sauce. It's so called the lemonade, the lemonade, the lemonade sauce. And, with the combination of the spices and the combination of that sauce, they work so well together. And, and, and that's why you end up, uh, you know, with the flavors that you're ending up with every time you go to True Blue and try our dishes. I, I'm still waiting for you to make the entree, entree uh, item based off my own experimentation with your food with the uh, cauliflower, lamb, and the sauce on top of it with some chicken as well, yes. which, which you can order, which... <laughs> all of it's so good it's just so good i mean like even me talking about just it, like, joey's dish <laughs> that's right that's right uh but but <laughs> i was joey's entree yeah i was curious too for you like you know just even as you looked at testing all these things you have a huge influence of um mediterranean cuisine based off really where you're from originally you know Correct. can you share a little bit of your backstory even how, you know, you've come to 
love Mediterranean food? Where does that passion and love come from? Well, of course, as uh, growing up in a, in a Mediterranean kitchen, uh, you know, watching my mother 80 or 90% of the time, mm-hmm. that's all they really do over there, especially mothers of the old time. Most of their time is spent in the kitchen and, you know, making food and baking food and creating recipes. And I, you know, that's where, you know, I uh, picked up a lot of it from or, or, or grew up around most of my life. I never thought I would be, it would be something I would be doing for a living. It's something completely different than doing home deliveries and appliances and, and home theater and all that. But, you know, it worked. You just have to be determined and be passionate about what you do, put your mindset to it. And um, if you really, really passionately want to do it, you can do it. Yeah. Because Z, just for a point of reference for people too, he, he comes and correct me if I'm have this wrong, but your family's from Syria. Correct. So, you know, his, uh, his family's from Syria. And one of the beautiful things about, man, I just love Syrian people. Like I just see, I love your joy and energy. And part of that I I share too, because I have this uh, El Salvadorian (laughs) uh, Italian background in myself and even have a Filipino brother uh, who he often comes with me to True Blue. Uh, and just this joy uh, that you guys exude. And every time um, I'm around you, I, I, I sense that, that positivity and that joy. But I think it's such a gift, even for our, our community, to take a lot of things you saw from your mom and from your home country and to bring them here. You know, like I, I think that's really a beautiful part of the story. So what year did you move to the Lehigh Valley. What, when, when did you leave Syria and, and come here? Uh, I was born actually in Kuwait before oh. I came, but I'm a Syrian by nationality. I came to the U.S. back in 1982 is when oh. I moved to this area. Yeah. Not speaking a word of English, not knowing a single person, just all I had was my mother and my sister at the time. That was it. Wow. How old were you then? I was like... Uh, 13 14 years old wow so tell me tell me i mean again i know we're going a little off script here because i think this is so fascinating because he and i talk a lot you know but it's you know we're usually we're in the people business both of us so it's like hey man it's good to catch up we text and and have a conversation like this is such a gift because i love to hear your story but so what was that like man like coming here and like uh not knowing anybody and and it was scary yeah i did not feel comfortable at all. It did not feel like home, especially not knowing the language. Yeah. I was very scared. I, I didn't know if uh, it's, it's kind of like going to any foreign country right now and not knowing what's being said, what's being talked about, you know, until, uh, you know, they gave me English lessons. Uh, it was uh, called an EOSOL uh, class that I took, which was English as a second language, which helped a little bit. But there was a lot more foreigners in that um, in that class than obviously Americans, so I was learning more uh, Vietnamese or more uh, Spanish than I was actually learning English. And I just said to the teacher, "I'm like, I'm not gonna learn English being in here." And she was, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "I, I need to be out there with the rest of with the rest of the public." Mm-hmm. I said, "That's gonna force me more to learn English." I know you're teaching us English, and I'm you know I appreciate the basics, but now that I know the basics and uh, you know, I need, I need to be out there. That will force me to, to feel like I have to learn a language and able, in, in order for me to be comfortable with my surroundings. 
And that's how, you know, but it was very scary in the beginning. And then once I learned the language and picked up and I was very comfortable. You know, and very blessed by the opportunities that this country has given me. What what high school did you go to, Steve? I'm sorry, your your voice seemed like it got much lower oh, for some sorry. reason. What what high school did you go to? I went to Deerhoff High School. Okay, awesome man. Over on the east side of Allentown. Yeah, man. Okay, that's right over here where uh, our uh, Riverman offices and our gathering spaces are really close to that area. As, as you think back to that, like and in, in you're in high school and you're learning the language and you're, you're navigating through it, how long did it take you to really get the hang of the language? I'd say two years. Two years, okay. Yes, I'd say wow. about two years is what it took me to be, uh, to be able to be comfortable, be able to communicate and understand and respond to questions huh. that I was asked. Wow, that's really that's a really incredible story. And then, and then from there, you, did you go right to work after high school or did you, what was your, uh, I went to, to college. I studied uh, uh, electronics technology. I, I'm, I'm really good with repairing things by hand. So I figured, you know, I would study uh, electronics technology and um, you know, I did about a year and a half of that. Yeah. And then the opportunity of Circuit City came up. You know, I've had other jobs, you know, small part-time jobs. My first job was uh, at McDonald's, flipping, you know, burgers and making fries. And I would, you know, as a dishwasher in different places, uh, I don't know if, uh, if, if anybody recalls a place called Ponderosa. It's kind of like Perkins. Huh. That used to be on Lehigh Street. So I was a dishwasher there and I was also a cook. And then the opportunity of Circuit City came up and I just, thought that was a huge opportunity for me to become, you know, an installer and a, and a tech, you know, a, a delivery guy for a company that size. To me, that was a big, you know, big success for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love what, what I love about your backstory, Z, is I think you coming from another country, uh, learning another language, uh, taking steps in your career, actually, I, you know, just because I've studied a lot with entrepreneurship is actually great preparation for what it is that you would end up stepping into. And I think for our listeners, what a good reminder, don't forget where you've come from and don't be surprised if somehow those skills that you learn are leveraged in ways that will surprise you. So for Z, like being a guy who comes from another country says to the teacher, hey, I'm willing to risk it. I'm willing to risk <laughs> going out there. Well, risk is part of the story of, of True Blue. Um, of course. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm willing to connect with people. I'm willing to uh, you know, work hard and, and, and uh, learn these skills. And then even the back story even further than that is you know, what he learned from his mom and you know, learned in the kitchen. And, and so your, your mom and your sister came with you uh, Correct. And, and did you have any other family that that ended up coming? No, it was just us three. Wow. That's all. And then later, my you know my uncle and his family followed. That's awesome, man. That's really cool, man. Um, are your mom? Is your mom still alive? Yes. Yep. Okay. She's and, actually in Syria as we speak right now. She's over there overseas. Is she visiting, visiting her, her? You know her sisters. Okay. Nice. And you, and your sister's local too, right? 
Yes, my sister is. Okay. Both. All right. I don't like to assume anything. That's why I asked it that way. <laughs> so you're like, wait a minute. That was insensitive what you said. Uh, anyway, so I was curious, even as we, we think about this, and as you said this before, and I, I think just for everybody listening, it's important to note too that uh, the success that True Blue is, is and is continuing to build upon didn't come easy. And I think that's a really important lesson for us all. Like it was, there was no such thing as an overnight success. And even as you hear Z's story from uh, coming to this country, to learning the language, to going to school, to Circuit City, uh, to this opportunity, the recession, uh, the, the recipes and trying to get them just right. I was curious, even for you, Z, like what would you say to us about uh, the idea of staying with it and the tenacity that's needed in order to really be able to get to the result that we're, we're going after. Just to just never give up, be persistent, be passionate, never give up, yeah. you know, until, until you succeed because yeah. there is success can be achieved. Um, it, it's not, but it's not easily achieved. Um, you can't expect to, uh, to, uh, to eat the fruit the same day that you put the seed into the ground. You have mm. to wait for it, you know, to, to, to blossom and to grow and then when it's ripe and then you enjoy it and i feel like i've gotten to a time in my life now that i'm you know enjoying my time with my loved ones a lot more than when i first opened up you know true blue back in 2009 and i'm blessed and very thankful for that because i've waited i've waited 14 years for it yeah man you've been you've been busting man and i think that's an important lesson for us that you don't get to the food or the fruit uh without planting the seed without uh, watering and then this this increase is going to come you know and I think I think the other part of that too is uh, really having the right people around you not only that encourage you but I was curious Z as you were on those early days getting a business plan together um, working through your model of what you were going to do who are the people around you like what kind of people like I'm more of this is just for people even as they're considering their own career path and what's going on but what kind of people did you tap into to help you get on this trajectory and to continue to move forward? Just good, really family and friends that really wanted the best for me Yeah. at that time. That's really cool. So did you have any people like that were good with finances that you worked with or people who had business experience? I, I, I had friends who referred me to friends, you know what I mean? That, uh, that could be trusted and it's, yeah very important because uh you could be you could be fooled by the wrong people if you mm. don't know somebody you know well enough that you can trust mm. 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 and i think that's a really important lesson it's like not often uh just who you know it's about sometimes who they know <laughs> exactly you know when you trust somebody and they recommend somebody that they trust um, it kind of makes you feel like, you know what, I trust that person. So there's no way I'm going to be steered wrong unless I screw something up really bad. And uh, luckily I, I hadn't. And um, I took the needed advice to make this work by the, by, the, by the needed people that I felt was, that really meant well for me. Yeah, that's good. And I think that's an important lesson too, is like not only who do they know that you don't know, but also even to, to weigh the voices like not everybody has your best interest in mind and not everybody even knows your uh, specific context or understands what you're experiencing so right now even true blue 
um, is a awesome, awesome <laughs> restaurant. I love it. Thank you. And Thank you. yeah, and and with it, you know, not everybody understands some of the challenges with being an owner operator of a restaurant. Also, um, your voice have disappeared on me again. Just so you know. Uh, I think can you see that? Can you hear me now? It's it's muffled. And so I think it's really important that we recognize the value of others' voices, but also to weigh them and measure them. And one of the things that Z's been doing is he's ventured out into multiple locations. Uh, and he's, he's done this before, but I wanted to hear, Z, what are you learning about being in multiple locations? What are some of the things that um, you have seen as far as being effective as you've done this? What have, I have, what have I learned about being opening multiple locations? Is that what your question was? Yes. Well, it's definitely more work. That's for sure. You're definitely putting more responsibilities on your on your plate or on your shoulders. But by having the the right team around you, you know, when it comes to uh, the right partners, the right cooks, the right waitresses, the right you know waiting staff, it makes it a lot less challenging. That's for sure. It's nothing I can do on my own without um, the people I have with me on my team, on Team True Blue. Um, it would be a lot more difficult, a lot more challenging. It would almost be near impossible. Yeah. But thank God I'm blessed with with good partners and good people around me. That's awesome. So I was curious too, tell them the difference between the model of Emmaus and the model of Quakertown. Uh, the model of Emmaus is uh, is a dining location. There's tables and chairs, and you know outdoor uh, patio dining, uh, and it's open six days a week. There's more dinner entrees, uh, dinner choices, uh, a few more appetizer choices. Where you know it's kind of like a you know BYOB. You sit down and you order food and. And, uh, you know, it's, it's more like, you know, self, you know, dining at, uh, at your own pace, kind of. Uh, where the dining in Quakertown, I call that express. It's more gyros and more appetizers, kind of like, you know, grab and go kind of food. Uh, food that actually takes less preparation time because there's less dinner options. Um, so you have less preparation time, but it's, it's more effective you know, dollar-wise at the end. Yeah. And, I was... and, the, and the location in Quakertown, it's only open from Thursdays to Sundays, which are usually the busiest days for, you know, dining out and, and, and going out and grabbing a bite to eat. Well, I was curious too, like, one of the things I've appreciated about you, Z, is I love your vision and innovating. So for me, when we talked, about the brick and mortar of True Blue and Emmaus versus the Express, one of the things you said to me, and I've been just thinking about this and mulling it over, is how your flexibility because of overhead costs is very different because you're not dealing with um, a rent per se that's the same as if you lease out a, a store location like that, you know, uh, Express. Less employees to, yeah, less employees to hire, less... Um 
less hours, you know, so it's less overhead, which you end up with more profit, you know, even though Emmaus is six days, Quaker Town is four days, but once Quaker Town gets to a level um, to where Emmaus is at today, and it's, it's, it's going to be because the level that Quaker Town is at now took Emmaus like five years. And in Quaker Town, we're doing it in less than one. So uh, once that, that, that happens, the profit is going to be, the profit margin is going to be much higher than it is, you know, to Emmaus only because the overhead is a lot less. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, what led you to like change the model? Because I know before, and people don't know this backstory, but I know you, you had a location in Emmaus and Bethlehem, both brick and mortar. And then you said, hey, you know what? Like, I'm going to sell that Bethlehem one, focus more on Emmaus. And then you flipped, which I, I thought was really innovative of you. Hey, I'm going to go to this express route. What led you to say, hey, you know what? This is the right model for me. This is the right model for expansion. I didn't feel like it would be as much pressure doing it four days a week mm -hmm. uh, versus doing it six or seven days a week. Yeah. Um, I have a friend who is in the construction business that I've known for over 30 years. He saw that opportunity and he's the one who brought it to my attention because um, as you know, uh, Quaker town is a big, it's a giant like barn building. It's, yeah. it's called the trolley barn. It's right next. It's a, it used to be a trolley station, a train station many years ago. And what they did is they, they gutted it and they put like eight or nine food vendors in there with a winery, a, a brewery and a distillery. So he was one of the builders mm -hmm. for that project. And he's the one that brought it to my attention. He said, hey, um, I just want you to know this is what's going on. I feel it's a good opportunity for you. Why don't you take a, a ride over there with me and check it out and see what kind of feeling you get for it. So, uh, and I did. And um, as soon as I walked into the building, the building was completely gutted, empty, just, a, just dirt on the ground. That's all it was. But something just overwhelmed me and made me feel really, really good about you know, the concept of opening up four days, you know, versus six, and it's a lot less pressure, a lot less, you know, time that I'd have to put into uh, with more success, God willing. Yeah, and I, I think one of the beautiful things about that story is you have to be able to see what's not and listen to trusted friends. I think the other side of it is uh, recognizing, hey, just because I did it one way doesn't mean I have to do it exactly the same way to move forward. I, and I think we live in a culture that's so caught up in it's either this or that instead of and. So it can still be a brick and mortar store and a True Blue Express, right? Like you can still be, do both of those things. And of course, think, you got it. And I think even looking at things like overhead and profitability and the team and the people that are involved in that is so important. Um, and, and that was the, the beautiful thing about this is even this model in particular, the thing I love, even as I talk to Yuzi, is how scalable it is for what you want to do even in the future. You know, and I know that there's some desires for things in the future of, hey, maybe, maybe there are more options that are going to come your way in this regard. But at least, you know, hey, this model actually works um, in, in that regard. Well, you're absolutely correct on that. Um, I, I had such a good feeling about that model working um and i've enjoyed it 
almost now for the past year that uh, we're working on a third location that's a similar model to express in Quakertown in the Slatington area. Boom. We heard it here, folks. That's being built as we speak right now. All right. We just bought the major appliances for the the establishment, and it's going to be called True Blue Express 2. You can't see me doing this as you're listening to this, but I'm giving Z out a high five (laughs) and a fist bump all at the same time. But this is the kind of stuff that I think is important because what he's seeing is, hey, this model can be reproducible, and it still allows me to have profitability, make impact, get my product out there, which is quality. So first of all, he's a quality guy, has quality food, has quality people working with him. That leads to quality results, right? Like, and I don't want us to miss right. that as, as we think about that because it's really uh, the food speaks for itself, but it's beyond that. It's the experience that you have when you're dealing with people there and then even looking at this, this model. And man, I just think it's really cool. And I, I, I actually, I, I was raving about this model that you were sharing with me because I'm like, man, I actually think it's the wave of the future in some ways. I don't, I don't think you go away from the brick and mortar, but I think you're going to see more of these types of things pop up. It, it even adds less, less pressure, I feel, to the customer when they come into an express model versus a restaurant. You know? huh. it, it, just, it just feels that way. For some reason, it's just kind of because, because not only are they just, um, you know, let's say you have a family of four that walk into uh, True Blue. They're all pretty much forced to eat Mediterranean food. There may be one out of the four that may not be super excited about eating Mediterranean food because maybe it's not their thing. Where the other model in Quakertown, that one person that does not like Mediterranean food and likes, you know, Chinese food, for example, has that other option too. So everybody's happy in the family or in the group. You're accommodating everybody who is, you know, pro Mediterranean or isn't. Yeah, I love that. That's, man, that's, that's a really insightful thing too, because I think there's also a casual vibe about it too, beyond the, the thing like, so at the trolley barn, for exactly. example, there's like, uh, it's more casual, both in the, hey, you have an opportunity to walk around, but also there's some things outside to do. It's just a different vibe than if you have to. It's a completely different vibe, yes. Yeah, it like gives I, you a good feel as soon as you walk into the building that you're not forced eat out of just one location you have multiple locations to pick from yeah and i, or you and I love get, you know yeah you can pick up something small from every location if you're a really good eater you know instead of one big meal from one location let's pick up four different meals from four different locations try all four out and um see which one's our favorite you know place so we know when we come here again where are we going that's awesome man <laughs> I love and I've, that. I've been blessed with some great um you know feedback on, on Google and even customers that are sometimes that have experienced the you know had a gyro or the cauliflower appetizer or any any food that they've chosen uh, had quite a few customers on their way out that would walk by and say to me, "By the way, this is the best food in this building," and that just means the world to me. And that's what makes me want to work harder and do more and give more and put more time into this successful project. Yeah, I was going to say, if I'm going to the trolley, I'm only going to one place, True Blue. Me and my family, <laughs> as for me and my household, we will be going to True Blue. That is how we roll. Oh, my wife, you. Amy, she knew I was talking to you today. She's like, make sure you tell them I said hello. Uh, my, my, my wife uh, uh, is a Raven fan as well of, of both Z and, and True Blue. And uh, I am blessed son. with your friendship, your wife's friendship, your brother, your whole family. I really am blessed with you guys oh, having man, you in awesome. my life. Oh, man. Well, dude, it's a... Uh, 
very, very, uh, very much a gift. And one of the things that I've noticed about you in this season, and as we, we wrap up here, we got two more questions that we want to really, we'll call it lightning round here. I've noticed that there's been a positivity, even in a very hard season. It's not a secret for anybody listening, but just to say this out, out loud, <laughs> uh, there's been two pandemics that we've lived through. My brother said this well. One is the COVID pandemic. And then the other part is the people pandemic and the shortage of both supplies. So the supply chain stuff that's gone on and then the people shortage at times for a variety of reasons. And yet, despite all that, Z, you've remained positive when I've interacted with you. You know, I think you're honest when it's hard, but you're not um, a pessimist by nature. Um, and so I was just curious, how have you kept yourself positive in a very, uh, I would call a very stressful season in a very difficult uh, time? How have you been able to do that? Um, of course, when I see this satisfaction of, of, of customers that come in true view and try it and, and they're happy with their meals, that's what keeps me even you know, more positive. And thank God I have great people around me also that keep me positive that I'm blessed with. Um, my health keeps me positive that I'm able to do this. You know, that keeps me positive. Mm. But when I hear all these positive results from customers and, and the positive feedback that I get from customers, it, that makes me, of course, very positive too. It's mm. mm. really good. And I think it's important to recognize the good that's going on and take in the beauty. And that's one of the things that I love about True Blue is the positivity of Z and the team there. Uh, I love how welcomed I'm well, there. Have, there's, there. You cannot win a match without having a great team yeah. backing you up. You know, you yeah. can be the greatest coach in the world, but if you don't have good players on your team, there's a good chance that you're not, you may not win the game. So I really have good team players with me and I, that I'm blessed with, that I'm really good to and they're good, you know, and they're really good to me because uh, I, you can't do this alone. Mm. It's, it's impossible you know, to do the restaurant business alone. Mm. It's really good. And I think not only the restaurant business, life in general, we're meant to do it in community. And I think what Z's saying, so if you're a leader of anybody, hey, let's recognize our team. Let's, let's celebrate them. Let's, hey, let's, hey, let's make sure we're doing our part to recognize and honor and to create even moments and memories for them, as well as in our own lives, beyond leadership. Hey, who's sharing life with us? Because as I said, this has been a hard year um, and positivity is difficult to come by. Uh, and so what we need is a place to be honest about how we're doing and what we're dealing with, um, but is a way to be reminded of the fact that we're not alone. Uh, there's beauty around us like uh, lemony sauce uh, from my friends at True Blue and the cauliflower appetizer and lamb and all the goodness and, and all those things that, that go on. I think that's really important. And then the last question I have for you, Z, is if people want to connect with you in True Blue uh, and learn more, how can they go about doing that? If they want to connect with me and learn learn more about True Blue and – Yeah, and yeah, um, all that kind of stuff. Sure. I mean, uh, they're welcome to, to contact me at uh, – you know – how they need to contact me, either via email or by phone number, if they need to connect, if they have any questions or anything that I can help them out with the direction them in the right way to, to make them successful. I'm, I'm available. I'm not impossible to find. They can come see me at the restaurant or they can email me or they can call me. Yeah. Uh, they can Facebook me. They can go through Facebook. You know what I mean? 
just go on the, go on the True Blue Mediterranean, um, Facebook. you know, Facebook page. They can find me that way. Okay. Yeah. And I was going to say they have a really strong social media presence, both on Facebook and Instagram, as well as um, the restaurant. If you'll, uh, they have a website that you can, you can visit. Um, and then they, they also have a, this is separate. Maybe it is. I can't remember. True Blue Express. Is that a separate page through Facebook? No, it's the same page. Same page. So any information that you want to find, you can, you can find there. And then you can uh, message them and reach out. What's the email address Z, that, that's the best email to contact you at? It's my first name, which is Z-I-A-D, and then underscore my last name, H-A-R-I-R-Y, at yahoo.com. Okay. All right. Awesome. Well, hey, guys, make sure you check out Z. I want to encourage you, if you have a meeting that you need to take, go to True Blue, have the meeting there. They have a great outside area. Uh, if you are looking to cater something, go to True Blue, <laughs> have them cater stuff. Uh, I always, uh, again, I mentioned this earlier on the podcast, but when I have meetings and have an opportunity to meet somebody there, uh, they rave about it. I just recently had a meeting that was this first time. This guy who was living in Indiana came here and was like, wow, that was amazing. Like, I want to go back to True Blue. Uh, and, and, you know, other That's opportunities uh, like that when, when I have those, those chances <laughs> Uh, to share, I think it's one of the best ways, as as Zia was talking about, to bring about more positivity and encouragement. Z, thank you so much for your time. Thanks oh, for thank you for your time, Joe. I appreciate your time, buddy. Thank you. Oh, it was a joy to do. Hey, make sure you follow them on their on their uh, social media channels, True Blue, um, and then also make sure you stay connected with us at visionforthevalley.com. Check out the podcast, rate, review, share, all those types of things. But again, thanks for joining us as we continue to highlight the people and the places of the Valley and to grow in our own lives and leaderships. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Have a wonderful day, my friend. Thank you. My pleasure.